Shut up and sit down. <laughs> You're just like giving up on Wiki Wiki. You're like. Just because you can't handle my scat. Your scat <laughs> is scat. <laughs> that wiki ship has sailed. <laughs> wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, there's so many wikis out there. I've been looking at a lot of them lately. Wiki, wiki, wiki. What, what has been your wiki quest? Uh, everything. Everything from stuff from my job to stuff for this here podcast to trying to figure out why Jess's microphone's backwards in the stand for some reason. Uh, this is the new Utah podcast, <laughs> by the way. That is not my fault. No, I don't know. It's your microphone. You're trying to put it in backwards again. Oh, my gosh. You are so unhelpful, pod administrator. <laughs> I'm just going to hold it like this. That's a good idea. Just hold it to your mouth. Maybe you'll actually talk into it that way. Maybe. Maybe so you that, might be lucky. That illustrious voice is Jess. Hi. I uh, am the she, events mistress. She's Designated the first introduction. Driver. This is the 16th episode. Some sort of milestone, I think. Not quinceanera. Sweet 16, that baby. That was last week. Sorry, no, that, Jeremy. That's this week. I got confused with me. Quinceanera is right Josh now. is still wearing the tiara and the dress. I didn't get a cake or a party. Well, you're supposed to make the cake. Oh. But you did... Kind of bring sort of Mexican rap style fajita stuff. Fajita is a Mexican word for delicious, and so clearly this was fajita delicious. Were they fajitas though? That wasn't even on purpose. You guys just created that in your mind. Well, <laughs> it was basically <laughs> flank steak, peppers, onions. It was just a steak wrap. My- with gorgonzola cheese. That's what it was supposed to be. But then I was like, oh, vegetables. Let's make this healthy for these. Strapping young men. Well, Mushrooms. You, They're good. And you went to uh, feta as well, and I actually <laughs> I, love feta. I did get feta because not everybody likes gorgonzola. Oh, I love gorgonzola, but the feta was out of this world. Do you know what I like about gorgonzola? More syllables. It's true. Feta is pretty quick, but it's two syllables in one word, and it's and only Greek. four letters. It's like double your pleasure. Gorgonzola, and it's got the word gorgon in it, which, as we all know, the Greek gorgon turned people to stone uh, with their tentacled. Yeah. Head. So that wealth of information is Josh, Joshua Butterfield. Bonjour. This is l'entrepreneur. <laughs> you go to France like one fucking time in your life and you're a He's an speaking expert. French all the time. Yeah. You know, you know. one of the things I did while I was in France is I visited Whore Island and apparently <laughs> your mouth <laughs> your mouth is pretty a pretty well-known feature on Whore Island. So You must have visited there too then. <laughs> Guilty as charged. So how is our uh, amputee today, Jeremy? Fingers good. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> that finger stitches out on Thursday. I'm maybe. looking at it. It's not crossed. Not at all. No, hold on. I'll hold my hand out, Jeremy. You hold your hand out, and we'll cross our fingers like this. Look uh, at this. That, like, that was almost an E.T. moment. This is kind of like a sword fight. Well, <laughs> kind of, but that's nothing, something different. <laughs> nothing like a sword fight. <laughs> and I'm your host. My name is Chris. Uh, so, I'm so the most sane of all these fuckers. So I got to interject. So, so last week we talked about the bees slightly, and uh, some yeah, exciting Josh, news. Josh yeah, helped, right? Josh, since, since I'm senior gimpy. One hand. <laughs> Josh came over to the uh, uh, homestead and helped me harvest the bees. So we got some really cool pictures, and we'll have to share those up. 
Um, but Jeremy has all the cool uh, beekeeper stuff. So I had the super oh, netted we, hat on and we had super netted gloves. Gloves up to his arms, and we taped his pants. And oh, it was it was such a cool experience. Did you get stung? No, not a single sting. You know why? Because those bees looked me in the eye, and they were like, "This is a man who fears nothing. We're not even going to waste our stingers on him. It would be futile." Jeremy, that, what kind of tobacco did you add into the? Smoker? I did. Where I'm out, so it was pine cones and twigs. So, uh, well, didn't I give you some tobacco? Like you, a you sure did. I've used. Ago? I've used it. I've used it. That's all right. But the, Josh would have just been like, "Oh, put that." He would have just put food. the smoke. <laughs> I would have. You could have gotten honey out of me that way. But it was it was it was pretty cool. How many bees would you say there were in there, Josh? Ninety thousand bees in oh, that hive. That's not an exaggeration. And he got. I, it must have been a gallon of the most delicious fresh honey I've ever seen in my life. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah. Where's my honey? <laughs> I still haven't had any, so screw all three of you. I've got some upstairs if you want it. Yeah. It is delightful. When we get done, I'll give you some. I'll put we it got, on um, fucking cracker. We got about something. 13 pints, I think. Uh, and that was only half. We, we were. I, I was convinced that that was going to be my last harvest of the season. There was more than I had room for with all my equipment, so we decided we're going to have to... So do you, do you sell any of your honey, or we, do you just keep it? We do. We sell some of it... Um, We've got some friends in Vegas who actually, every time we have it, they offer to buy it, and they pay $25 per pint jar. I'll pay you for some of it. <laughs> I've offered to buy some of your damn eggs, too, but your wife never brings them over, so. We'll have to remedy I that. Do look like, I do like the, the chicken eggs, the fresh chicken eggs. Are, they're pretty good. I saw a video the other day uh, online of the giant chicken eggs that sometimes roosters, or not roosters, obviously, but, but chickens, chickens lay, uh-huh. that have like whole eggs inside of them. So uh-huh. it's like a doubled egg. It's, it's freaking crazy. Sometimes they'll have two and three yolks too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they opened it up and it had two yolks and then another full regular sized egg instead of the monster. And all I can figure is that chicken's egg laying thing is <laughs> fucked now because that thing came out. Is, was, is that like the Rob Zombie song? It was like a softball. Double leg, double egg. Yeah, yeah. Double leg. <laughs> I got a double leg. It's just like that. Uh, no, <laughs> but I'm glad we, we, we still can't go episode without you singing some bullshit song. Yeah, the thing with eggs like that is you don't get them in the store. Cause in fact, no, you can't because they throw them out. Fun and exciting little, little fact for you. Most of the eggs that you get in the store by the time they come to you are about 40 days old on average. Oh, yeah, by far. Now, speaking of being local in Utah, you've got like Oakdale Farms. Right. Uh, which is, which is a local farm. And so if you're getting eggs that are, they're Oakdale eggs from a grocer like, like Harmon's, it's, it's going to be a pretty fresh right. egg. Right. Or at the farmer's market. Yeah. Farmer's market's always going to have really fresh eggs. Or Jeremy's fridge, which is oftentimes <laughs> full packed with cartons with and eggs. Cartons of eggs. And we do sell our eggs too, by the way. And, and by the way, I'll have you know, I actually watched with my own eyes bees pooping the honey. So <laughs> we had this whole debate. No, they vomit it. I'll have you know they were be insulted by by your assumptions because I saw them in there and they had little newspapers out and <laughs> and just reading the Daily Times. Yeah, and they had like a cup news. of coffee near them and they're like, "Excuse me, can you not see I'm making some honey down here?" Yeah, I know that's not the case. <laughs> okay, that's not the case. <laughs> uh, we have a a pretty special episode for you today and and really next week as well. Uh, so today we're we have. Um, a lot of time we're going to spend on on events. Uh, we have a couple big things coming up and some special guests to, to talk about those. Uh, we also had the pleasure 
this weekend, this last weekend of interviewing uh, none other than Radio from Hell and Geek Show podcast, Kerry Jack Jackson. He's amazing, and that was so much fun. He is such a cool guy, and his studio is so neat. I'm really envious of the geeks. We have Studio Envy. So uh, we'll split that interview up into a couple episodes, and uh, probably after uh, those episodes have have run for a week or so, we'll we'll probably actually put it up as its own special little broadcast uh, uh, sometime in a couple of weeks, the the interview in its entirety, so that you can listen to that if you'd like as well. Uh, But i got to tell you, Josh... Thankfully, Josh's opinion of, of Kerry has, has now changed dramatically. <laughs> uh, Josh used to work at a uh, local, um, somewhat infamous comic book shop, Comics Utah. Before infamous it to Utah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it, was it was one a, of the first, actually. In a long, long time, that place was open, and, and uh, Kerry had a hold there for a long time. And So, Josh... Uh, Josh, can you tell the story? Because I think it's worthwhile. I think it's okay. A great story. I'll I'll tell the story. So, um, Stephen Lefreur, also uh, French, also French, owned the store, and he was a janitor, and uh, he just saved up some money or came into some money and bought the store, and he had total big dreams about what he was going to do with it, which had nothing to do with comics or games. He wanted to be a bookstore. Anyway, long story short is I ended up managing store number one, which was on 258 East 1st South, and Carrie Jackson had a hold there. And when you have a hold, what that means is that each month the comics will come in and we'll reserve a copy for you uh, in a special folder. And then when you, you, you come in once a week or you know one, once or twice a, a month and pick up your hold, well, we had damaged and we, we had some real idiots working stuff in comics and holes. What? I know. We had some real nitwits that were doing it, and one of Carrie's books got damaged, and it was a book that there weren't any other copies of. It was, you know, kind of a small print run, so he was rightfully, rightfully, I'm acknowledging this. <laughs> now, now. Now, because I realize he's a pretty cool guy. And that you were later. also being a childish asshole. Oh, I was, clear. I was. So he basically came in, and he was really upset, and so he, he was yelling at everyone, and rightfully yelling and he said where you know you've got to go get this and i said you know i think there might be one downstairs carrie i'm gonna go look so i went downstairs and i i we had so many comic books downstairs there was literally a pile like a mount vesuvius of comics lying on the floor and you would just lay on the the comic pile and you'd read whatever comics was you know nearby hand and and so I just went downstairs, and I didn't even look for the comic he was looking for. I knew we didn't have it. Now, now to be clear, at the time, you were a snot-nosed asshole teenager, probably, right? Yes, I was a snot-nosed asshole teenager. And, and this job, while it was a really fucking cool job for a teenager, in the long term, didn't really mean dick to you. <laughs> no, although... Now here's this asshole guy coming in and being all pissed off because you guys fucked up his hold, and... Your response is, fuck you, old man. I'm going to go downstairs, <laughs> tell you I'm looking for something, and just fucking read comics instead. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the comic book hill reading comic books, and the, some of the people that work with me, we, we had pretty good relationships, and so they came downstairs, and they're like, hey, he's gone, man. You can come upstairs. So I'm like, oh, shit, thank God. So the coast was clear. I go upstairs. There's Carrie Jackson sitting there <laughs> waiting for me at the top of the stairs. He's like, did you find one? And I'm like, oh, no, I better go back. I think, wait, oh, I think I remember where one is. So I went immediately back downstairs, and I didn't come <laughs> back out. An asshole. And this, here's the best part. So when I met Josh, 
Um, so I, I had known Carrie previously and, and, uh, my wife's, you know, somewhat friends with, with Carrie and, uh, Josh Why do you say was, somewhat? They're friends. No, they're, they're great friends. But anyway, so <laughs> Josh, Josh says, you know, about Carrie Jackson. Oh, I can't stand that guy. He's a douchebag. And I'm like, what? And so he tells me this story and in no way of telling this story can I possibly imagine that Josh was in the right. And so he's been holding <laughs> this grudge since he was a little snot-nosed asshole kid being a fucking asshole at a comic book store <laughs> against the guy who was rightfully upset that his hold was fucked up. You know, when you put it like that, I mean, that's... I, I the good even... news is Josh Butterfield has dropped the grudge. He acknowledges that Carrie is actually a really good guy. He's an incredibly smart guy. Uh, and uh, he's part of the new Utah. He's here by and choice. Carrie doesn't even remember it, right? No, no he, <laughs> he doesn't not. remember it at all. We asked him about it. So, uh, no. And to be fair, it wasn't just meeting him in person. Um, I was talking to your wife about a year and a half, almost two years ago, and she said, "Really? Are you still upset about this?" And I'm like, "No, not really." But and and. After talking to her, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty stupid to, to still think about this so many years later. And so, anyway. <laughs> Your wife also said the same thing, if I remember correctly. Yes, thanks for bringing that up, too. Betrayed <laughs> by, on all sides. Events this week. Jess, what do we have? Well, we have the VW Classic that is going to be at Riverton Park. We interviewed Sarah Brown from the Utah Transporter Association last week. That car show will be on Saturday from 9 to 2. On Friday at Volkswagen Southtown, there is a pre-meet uh, with a food truck, the uh, Korean barbecue from Bumblebee. and Oh my gosh, that's worth going on. It's amazing. And that lasts from 6 to 9. Uh, Do they use fresh or canned bumblebees? Uh, they use real life Koreans, actually. I, that's what I was going to say. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. That place is so I, good. The K-pop yes. Do they decorate the VWs for this event like they do at Christmas time? No. Oh, damn it. No, no they're all you, nice and shiny for the car show. If you want to see a bunch of hippie vans, go to this car show. Yes. Sure. And older VWs outside of the hippie vans, the crap that yes, Volkswagen stopped making Fastbacks, notchbacks, squarebacks. No one was buying Things. them. Do they have lemon backs? Those are my favorites. They're so tasty <laughs> and a nice coffee. That back. Wow. Uh, and, yeah. and according to our guest last week, she does not endorse eyelashes on the VWs. That is correct. That's it's good. something she should look into, though, maybe. No. I don't know. I don't eyelashes think. Eyelashes are horrible. Yeah. Um, another event that we have coming up this weekend is the Italian Festival. And I believe this is the second annual. They did it last year um, down by Rio Grande. And I believe this year they're moving it to the Gateway. And that will be on. Um, I believe Friday and Saturday. Uh, they have a bunch of food vendors, uh, performances. You know, I meant to go last year, but you know what? I forgot about it. It's not a New Jersey Italian Italian festival. It's not. It's not the Jersey festival yeah, with hypodermic Jersey. needles Jersey on the ground Shore. at Pioneer Park. You guys Park. are so damn picky. <laughs> Just saying. So we've had we've had the have we had the Odon festival yet? Yes. And then we've had the Greek festival. I know. We've had this. We've had the Scottish. Is there any country that we've missed in our festival goings? No, I think Utah's Utah's great representation of the world. I Nigeria think. Con is actually in December. <laughs> My roommate's moving out. Perhaps you can ask him. Except the king of Nigeria is in need of seven thousand dollars 
Yeah, but from your he email, will re- he will return. <laughs> he will return millions. You yes. just gotta send your bank account. Yeah, I heard that events can be pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> so get your tickets now and don't miss it. Uh, we have another amazing event that is coming up this weekend. It is the third annual Provo Pride Festival. Yes. Fourth. Fourth. Oh, fourth. I thought it started in 2013. Wait, who is that? Yeah, Jess we that just popped in there. So we have with us Miss Farrell Ann Wild, who is the first righteous Miss Provo uh, drag queen. 2013, am I correct? That is correct. Yeah. Hi. So she. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I was the first righteous Miss Provo, which is a pageant that started along with the Provo Pride Festival in 2013. Um, this year the fourth year we're gonna have a bunch of amazing stuff going on so um so for example wait, say, the, say the name one more time your name oh, oh, my name is feral and wild <laughs> i am that's right <laughs> <laughs> and i am the first reigning right i mean the first righteous miss provo although way back in 2013 i was crowned when provo pride uh festival started um, one of the events that they do every year is a drag pageant uh, that is open to all kind of kinds of drag performers, um, and they basically uh, every year they'll crown, crown a new uh, uh, a new queen as the Righteous Miss Provo. So this year you get to see the brand new Righteous Miss Provo 2016 and 17 uh, Rose Manchester, who's going to be there. Performing on all of their events, Rose and it's is, Rose is a Little Mermaid. Oh yeah, she's she's amazing. She is literally Ariel, the the mermaid of the of the salty lake. <laughs> <laughs> what, is she the mermaid of Utah Lake? Uh, I mean, I know it's kind of algae ridden. Uh, uh, ridden and uh, yeah, it's disgusting actually. <laughs> well, the Great Salt Lake is only like two and a half feet deep at its deepest point, so you'd have to be really small or laying down to be the mermaid. Well, you can basically can walk on the water in the Great Salt Lake. I mean, it's it's pretty close. <laughs> can, it's so can we all sing the Ariel song from Little Mermaid? And, and yeah, they have they have events throughout the whole weekend. They're gonna start off on Friday at uh, 10 p.m. at City Limits doing a kickoff party where you get to see. Um, all of their local uh, drag performers, including Righteous Miss Provo, uh, Rose Manchester, and get these. Uh, her runner-up is Miss Mollier Than Thou, Regina Rain, <laughs> and Miss Sweet Spirit, the third runner-up, <laughs> Sweet is Bonda uh, awesome. uh, These names are so great. <laughs> you gotta admit, those are pretty amazing names. And uh, they actually crowned the drag king this year, their very first uh, <laughs> Peter Priesthood. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could Mr. see the Guy Maria, who's amazing live as well, and he'll be performing at, at the kickoff party. And then on Saturday, um, all day from ten till I believe like six or seven, uh, the festival will be going on. They have an amazing lineup with performers, bands, booths. Um, it's it's a whole it's a huge event. Last did you year, say, I, I did believe you say it was booze? like seven or eight thousand people that attended. So every year it keeps growing and growing and growing. It's not, amazing. Not booze, right? Because you're in in Utah County in Provo. Yeah, well, you'd have to hide it, but oh, we can hide it. <laughs> I'm not giving anybody any ideas, or maybe I am. Wink. Carol, you have been uh, part of Provo Pride since the beginning, which apparently I can't do math because I. 
gave the wrong time for a comic con as well um can you just talk about that event getting started in such a conservative town well um i started through their pageant system i I wasn't one of the organizers for the very first year but when i heard that that was going on i was currently living in provo downtown provo right by byu and i thought no way this isn't gonna happen but they pulled it off and they actually i believe the first year they had about 2500 people attend which for a Utah County event is pretty large. And uh, the mayor was extremely receptive. The city was. Um, it just it went great. And I got myself a crown out of it. So That's fantastic. Can, you, can you talk a little bit about um, uh, just being in like the acceptance that is happening down in Utah County for the people that might this might be the first show that they're listening to and aren't familiar with maybe the BYU community or Provo and how uh, conservative and full of Mormons it is. It's it's Utah County is still a very, very, very conservative uh, County in the state. Um, They have a lot of political power as well because of a particular university that uh, that's there. And, uh, so it is a very conservative neighborhood and it's, um, it's difficult to sort of be the one that stands out. But Provo Pride has worked extremely hard to create safe spaces and community outreach programs as well as, uh, just, just even fun events to go to where you know that you don't have to feel, um, rejected or, or left out because you don't fit in with the cookie cutter, um, Utah County mindset. Um, they welcome everybody. Um, and uh, to our, all of our LGBTQ community or allies and anybody that just wants to find a, a great place to meet up, to learn a little, to, to do some community work, or even just to go out for one of their drag shows. They do every other week, I believe they do a drag show, and weekly they have events at City Limits and at many other places in the, in the Valley. There's some restaurants that that they work with as well to, to, to do events and whatnot. So they're working really hard. I got to help them out a lot with that, um, over the last few years. And they're just, uh, an amazing bunch of people that are really, um, working together to build, uh, a safety net and a, and a network and a community that that's there to support everybody. So can you talk a little bit about, maybe some upcoming events that you have and where people can find you and a little bit about your aesthetic. (laughs) Well, my aesthetic, (laughs) that's a beautiful word. Uh, If you want to call it an aesthetic, I just call it whatever I still have. That's not dirty. I throw on, but, (laughs) but no, I like uh, all of us. um, I'm actually going to be appearing at their after party on Saturday at, uh, at city limits as well. I think that starts at nine o'clock. And they're gonna have a big drag show. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's that's where you can go drink afterwards. So Yay. if you don't get to drink at the park for the event, it's okay. Oh, Just we'll drink at the park for late. And uh, and I perform all around Utah. I currently reside in Salt Lake City, so I perform up here a lot. But whenever I get a chance, I go down there to visit what I consider my other family uh, to do shows. And. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't know. I do. I do a lot of uh, burlesque, pinup-y stuff, just because uh, Jess knows me well. I love all of that stuff, and even before I started doing drag, so that came through as well. But it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's for sure. 
Hey, I have a question. Yeah. When you lip sync for your life down in Utah County, do you go straight oh. to the hymn book, or what is it that you actually <laughs> lip sync to? <laughs> well, let's just say I've done – one of the numbers that I really liked I did there was uh, by the Eurythmics, Missionary Man. And I had my whole get up with like uh, – I think I – with the Missionary Man. That's right. Elder Wild, I think I had on the – I had to put Elder there just because – um, I, I wanted to make my parents proud. I don't know if it worked, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Farrell. Uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, this weekend at uh, Provo Pride. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys, too. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. So for the last of our events, we also have with us uh, Ryan Butterfield and Jason Hogan from the Utah Halloween Expo and Show. Welcome, Halloween dudes. Welcome, Halloween dudes. <laughs> I like the you mouth like movement. You like the mouth movement? It, it yeah. just doesn't work in radio, does it? <laughs> no. Podcast, no, no gotta, not at all. Podcast <laughs> listeners, you need to see this. This guy is committing. Uh, he's giving 110% to the maniacal laugh. I was honestly chilled to my bones. He like chilled. Josh. Your hair shows it. Yeah. White streaks in my hair now, like a skunk. Just like Jeremy's. Mine's just because I'm old. <laughs> and you have problems with hedge clippers and algae and four kids. <laughs> so, guys, uh, Halloween Expo, what's it all about? The Utah Halloween Expo is is a an idea that we came up with um, several years ago. We wanted to bring an interactive event to the state of Utah, not a con, not necessarily an expo, but an actual interactive event where people could come and interact with attractions, with with people, with celebrities, um, not in the same vein as your normal conventions with celebrities. These celebrities um, would be more... Um, I would, what would you say? You'd say they were, they were free to, to wander and to talk and to interact with, with everybody at the show. I mean, that's the fundamental part, uh, among other things. Uh, most of all, they're approachable. And that's one of the things going into this. I've known Jason for several years. He's the most amazing builder of Halloween mnemonics and robotics and everything's got an iPod and it all talks and it all says something. And so, when he decided to do this show and then I said, Oh, I have a few advice things for you, you know, about doing events. And then him and Rich call me the next day. They say, so you, we need to hire you. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, I knew that it would be something big. Do I need this? You can't see this, but we're doing some crazy skullduggery with the microphones. Right. This, is, yeah, this so. is pretty neat guys. This, this is a little intimidating. I have to say, <laughs> okay. Wires and mics everywhere. Yeah. So you get a mic, you get a mic, we all get mics. Jess has given her mic up so that uh, Thanks, both Jess. these guys can have it. mics. Yeah, and and I do you. see on your shirt, it doesn't say just Halloween Expo. It says Halloween Expo and show. Right, and that's the, that's what we wanted to bring. I mean, initially, um, the thought was, hey, let's let's do a let's do a fun Halloween themed expo, something simple, something that would. You know, bring families together and friends together and, and see some cool vendors and do some fun things. But fundamentally, when we sat down, it just didn't jive. And from the very, very beginning, we had a clear vision of what we wanted, even though it started very simple as a quote unquote expo. Um, it started fundamentally, um, 
as an event that you could bring your family. It was a safe place, a place where families and friends, and there's, there's fun things for everyone to do, everything, or fun things for everyone, um, and bring people together to have experiences, to do hands-on workshops, to learn how to make your own masks, to build your own animatronics, to learn how to fiddle with electricity, to see amazing music, to meet people that are professional haunters, and just just an overall experience, an overall experience that um, is more than an expo. And so from the very beginning, we knew we had something big because as we started this journey, um, people just came to us. We didn't, we didn't, it was a natural attraction. Um, we had phone calls. We had people bump into us and say, listen, we, we've heard what you're doing. Uh, we're impressed, and we saw the great shirts, and we thought those guys got some class. Hey, th- we had, we need to be part of that. Yeah, and it was back when I was I was uh, wife beating it before I didn't even have this shirt. So how about that? Is that impressive or what? So, so to be clear, so, he means wearing a wife beater, not beating oh, wives. Okay, so let's let's clarify. I love my wife very much. I do not condone <laughs> physical violence or abuse at all. But but yes, it's been a really. Right. One of the things that Jason is leaving out here is that we cared about the people in Utah. We didn't want to be somebody that brought other people from other states or said, hey, Utah's not cool enough. We got to go here to California to bring you something cool. We think there's enough cool things in Utah and enough people to grow a community together. So we went to companies that were from Utah, companies that invested in Utah. Um, vendors that are here, right here. There's ar- amazing artists right here. Well, Utah is one of the one of the biggest haunted house places in the country, right? Absolutely. And so, of course, that was our first journey is meeting all the people from haunted houses. I've been in so many haunted houses in the last six months, you wouldn't even believe it. I've been... I had to change my pants a couple times too because <laughs> it is they're pretty scary. I sweat Did you bring like a, extras tonight just in case? Um, this, I don't know. This can be pretty spooky when you talk about paranormal. Yeah, I don't think I'll boo my pants. Talking about hey. paranormal and haunted houses, did, have you guys gone up to the asylum in Tooele? <clears throat> Have I been to the Asylum 49? Yes, I have been to the Asylum 49. That is real. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a real the place. things that I've it's seen and felt there on. are way beyond. There's a few things that some of the other ones, but that one has, it's, it's pulling like a vortex or something to me. And to run a haunted house out of that place is unbelievable. And to live next to it is what I heard. Yeah. yeah. We, we know the owners, and uh, they're fantastic people. And they're really active on Facebook. They run a great show. They actually, they're such good friends with Jeremy and his organization, the Paranormal Illumination Society, that they let us in one day after the show, after like the normal hours. And we had the run of the place for like four hours. It was crazy. And they turned off all the power, all the lights, all the air, all the water, everything. So we just wandered around in complete silence. And that place was so crazy scary. Well, the amount of elemental, you experience the elementals there. That's what's overpowering is like all the little things that kind of look like bugs and this kind of stuff that start crawling towards you. Um, that's, I don't know if there's something there that's pulling that in and it's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger, but it's, I would say it's legit. I would say of all the places that we've investigated, and this isn't our show, this is your show, but of all the places <laughs> we've investigated, that and the Ogden Exchange were probably the two where we had the most activity and things got the craziest. Wow. I believe it. And not take off all your clothes and put a punch bowl on your head crazy. We're talking <laughs> paranormal, supernatural crazy. I think we're going to have some stories to share uh, after this. 
so guys, I mean, this is an expo at some level. Why are you doing it now, like a month before Halloween? You and everyone else want to know this. Um, I'm pretty deep in the haunt community, in the Halloween community, and the number one criticism that we've received is that why are we doing it in the middle of October and not... And not, yep, and not, you know, the beginning of September, the end of August, or somewhere where these haunters that you quote-unquote are such a part of, you want them there. So let me tell you that the, the, the bottom line came was that we want to build something special, and we want to build something big. And in order to do that, especially for something that started as small as an idea as, as we have... Um, we needed exposure, and we needed to hit the public when they were craving Halloween the most. And the first two weeks of October is when the most spending occurs. It's when people want to go have fun. They realize, oh, my gosh, it's been a week. We're already a week into October. Halloween's around the corner. Let's go do something. Yes, that really had a hard impact on the people that we want to support in the haunt industry. The vendors, go ahead. I've got to say, though, being... In Utah and for Utah, I think that's an amazing idea because so many of these events are in September, which is cool and everything. But to have something in October in the height of Halloween, I think that's awesome. I think that's something that the people of Utah will like. And I'll also say from a a consumer perspective, I don't understand why everyone else does it so early. I mean, why on earth? I'm kind of blown away that it feels counterintuitive to me that everyone else is saying do it do it in a different time when it feels more natural to me they're, to be doing it closer to the time. They're catering to the exhibitors. They're catering to the businesses. Um, they're catering to the people that that it fits in their schedule. We're not. We love our exhibitors. We can't run a show without them. But we're catering to the public, and we want an amazing public experience. And without an amazing public experience, we don't have exhibitor support. We don't have corporate support. We don't have any of this if the if the public and our guests don't have an unbelievable experience, remember it, and want to come back next year. That's what it boils down to. And so... So this isn't this isn't just an expo to sell to other Halloween providers, Halloween stores. It's it's, it's really not a, a trade show. Yeah, it's a consumer based yep. show. And I got to tell you, knowing Josh for a long time, he probably won't even buy his costume by the time your show's over. Uh, <laughs> it'll get thrown together the night before the costume party. I got to tell you, have. we've got we've got damsel in this dress at our show. They sell the They're most. So cool. Corsets, I think you can find one that'll fit you. It'll be awesome. <laughs> Steampunk, Josh. Yes, it'll Steampunk. be awesome. Steampunk damsel, apparently Bustier Butterfield here. <laughs> <laughs> so who are some of the vendors that you're going to have at the show? Well, I've got we've got TaylorMade, uh, a huge Provo institution for Halloween. We have Mask Costume, uh, Laura Bedore down there at Mask. Um, we have... Uh, who else we have, Ryan? We've got the Witches of Crohn's Hollow, who have um, foregone their event from October and moved it to our venue, which that is going to be taking place on Sunday, which is called Witch, Witch is Witch. So they talk about all the different things that fall under the umbrella of paganism. They're, yes. And they're also going to be showing and selling their spell candles. So if you have someone there, ex-boyfriend that's done you wrong, you just go down there and you get yourself a spell candle from the Witches of Crone's Hollow. And we've had some interaction uh, in the past from a paranormal investigation perspective with these folks. And they're, they're the real deal. 
they care about what they do. They're passionate. They they've dedicated their lives to it. Um, if you want to really open your eyes to a whole new world, um, go check out this great vendor. Find out what they're all about, and just ask legit questions, and you're going to get a very honest and hopefully surprising and eye opening answer. Yep. And check out Crohn's Hollow. It's cool. It's a cool place. Absolutely. We also have a lot of other things that are going along, like the DIY stage. We wanted people to be interactive. So we have Hayes Haunt that's actually going to show you how to build a tombstone for your front yard. Um, we're also going to have Russ Adams. Russ Adams was on Jim Henson's Creature Workshop. He was, uh, I, he came in one of the finalists, that type of thing. But he's going to do, be doing a hands-on makeup course where people are going to be oh, doing nice. like shrunken heads, this kind oh, of nice. thing. He's also going to be talking about his new book that's coming out, which was how to be on a reality show. He's going to be signing books. He's going to be inter- talking to other people. I also have the man that worked on the movie Beetlejuice. Woohoo, Beetlejuice. Yes. His name is Crick Krillin, and he's down from Utah County. He's going to be recreating that merry-go-round hat thing that oh, um, awesome. is from Beetlejuice because he actually built that for the original movie, and he's going to be talking about those things. Um, we, is, is he the guy who sings, Dale? <laughs> Dale? He's a costume designer. <laughs> yeah, Harry Belafonte, but close enough. Oh, cl- uh, tomato, tomato. And, and we do have a, uh exclusive announcement here for your show only. Uh, we have the stars of Face Off. They are coming to our show. Uh, they will be there all weekend long doing hands-on demonstrations. They will be uh, creating one-of-a-kind custom masks for Cherry, for Toys for Tots, to be silent auctioned away. They'll be interacting. They'll be showing how to do techniques. Um, it's it's going to be cool. If you haven't seen this show, Face Off, go look it up. It's because so it's cool. amazing. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And the main people we have are from season nine and season ten. We have Ben Peter from season eight, um, which he always says you can refer to me as the bald guy if you're not sh- sure who he is. <laughs> um, but we have the one of the winners, Nora. We have Yvonne, Robert, Walter. That's great. That's great. You get, do you have Do you have Bill? So Bill, I don't know. I didn't remember a Keith? Bill. Yeah. How about, how about John? Jimmy? Tyler? Devin? Is it Devin? Will, Will. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Ted Theodore Logan. Pat. All of the above. Is there a Welcome Pat? to reality TV, folks. <laughs> and for the paranormal people, Susan Slaughter of Ghost Hunters International is going to be here, and they're going to be conducting a, uh investigation out at Saltaire. Yeah, I saw that. That's amazing. Yes. And we, that's going to be the Saturday night after. Have we sold out that completely? We, it's completely sold out already. So we sold that out within a matter of just a couple of days, VIP and tickets for a personal tour of Salt Air with Susan Slaughter. So they're going to fill it with 5,000 people, then turn up the EVP and see if they hear anything? <laughs> yes. It hey, was you're not supposed to ruin people. the surprise, my friend. <laughs> you know what, naysayer? You can just poo-poo yourself over in that microphone. It's, it's a very, very intimate, intimate tour. Um, there was... Five groups of ten plus another additional ten gr- uh, group of ten for the VIP. I'll tell you, ten people in Saltaire, you might as well not even be there. It's some places big. Yeah, yeah, and it's and and I'm just going to say this publicly: it is a messed up place. It is full of paranormal activity. It is it is a hotbed, and um, I I have been invited to go out, and I may not make the trip. <laughs> so I have so. to say, from a paranormal investigation perspective, not a lot of groups get access to to what you've gotten access to. How did you do that? Because I know a lot of people are kind of climbing over themselves to get in there and investigate this. How did you How did you manage that? 
Oh my gosh, I'm not even done. I didn't even tell you everything yet. Oh, what? I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. Fire it up, baby. If you're all gung-ho about this, just wait till you hear this one. Um, so there's a group of paranormal investigators that have created a documentary. Um, it's called Shadows of Silver City. Um, if you are, you know about ghost adventures, this is where they started. This is where they got their big thing. Zach entered into this film festival, this kind of thing. They have done this documentary and put it together just in time to premiere it at our expo. So that on Friday night will be premiering at the Jordan Commons Megaplex. I, I just shit my pants. <laughs> that just happened right here. You yes. saw. I can smell it. I'm going to ask you to it's, go home. It's really happening. <laughs> yeah. That, it's we, really happening. Some lake effect. Yeah. Well, what we call the Halloween Expo is that you booed your pants. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We promise to make everybody boo their pants with all of our announcements. That's so cool. But sure. yes, they're going to be doing this documentary. They say they have better footage than what Ghost Adventures ever had. So... So what what would you guys say will make your event a successful one for you? Like so next year you're looking back on this Halloween season and you or go November or or even November just a couple months down the road and say, "Man, I'm so happy that we pulled this off. This made it a success." What is that thing for you? You know what? To make this a success is when people leave our show and they wish they would have known about it sooner and they would have brought more friends and they remember it for next year and we can actually build something great not big we're never going to be big we're never going to we're never going to blow out the salt palace we're going to keep it intimate and we're going to keep it experience driven and we put a lot of love into this we've put a lot of energy and a lot of actual passion and i hate using that word because it's so overused but we put everything we have into this we have not thrown money at this show we haven't called people in and say hey build this do this do this bring this da, da, da. this is all passion and energy from our team to put together an experience that nobody will be able to duplicate and i and i and i put that out there no one will be able to duplicate what we're going to do so I'll say this, Jason. I know you kind of looked over at Ryan and kind of gave him that this should be you, but I'm glad you answered, man. That was a really honest, and that, that came right from your heart, man. Thank you. And I think that you'll feel it when you walk into the expo, because we have literally put our emotions, transferred energy, all of this kind of stuff. We started with nothing, and I just started doing loving, caring little memes that I love so much and I'm completely addicted to. If you need me to do your memes, just call me. Um, cause I do like 50 a day. Whether you like it or not, I have about 50 he's, a day. He's like top three user on Canva. Everybody, <laughs> they emailed me. Yay! Yeah. He got an email award. It's pretty neat. I did. So being addicted to that, I put all my loving emotion into these things and people started liking them. They liked them. It grew organically. And I think anything out of the show you can say, this is organically grown, homegrown, Utah, Salt Lake Valley, whatever, event. And, and that is what our podcast is all about. And that is why it, it, it was such a good match to have you come onto our show and talk to our listeners about your passion for this, this show. Thank you. So I have one more question for you guys. Uh, it's something we ask everyone that comes on the show. What is the one thing you would tell someone visiting Utah for the first time that they had to do before they left? <clears throat> I they would need, no, I, no, what, I'm, what, no, I'm going to do it. Hey, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, do the polar bear plunge at the Great Salt Lake in the middle of January. 
And it's illegal, I'm sure. They don't do that. No, they don't. But I think no. it's a great idea. Something yeah. that you do here. Come Something, on. Okay, go ahead. Um, I would tell them to pull on my saltwater taffy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is a perfect place to end. It's I, getting a little bendy, though. <laughs> so once again, uh, for the listeners, uh, when's the show? How can I get a hold of you? How can they reach out to you? So the show is October 14th through the 16th. You can reach out to us at www.utahhalloweenexpo.com. Tickets are available now. You're going to want to like our Facebook page because we have some amazing, amazing announcements that are coming down. Um, you're going to want to be a part of it. Hey, you know, this is going to, this might make my partner angry. Watch for the promo codes. They're out there. We want you at our show. And, and we're going to have a hell of a party. But you don't need a promo code in order to buy a ticket for our show because <laughs> the tickets are only $15 a day. That's cheaper than most of the haunted houses in Utah. Yes. Seriously. And we're not competing with haunted houses. We're actually a gateway to the haunted houses because we have a flavor of each of the one of them's coming to us. So we're going to say, hey, this is what Utah has to offer, and this is the Halloween season. Now you go and spend your money there also. So it's $15 a day. So we have Elaine Bradley, who is debuting her solo <laughs> album and band, Kissed Out, at that Utah Halloween Expo. She is with the Neon Trees. And she has some great new music. It's kind of reminiscent, if I would say anything, the kind of 90s type um, yeah, rock. It's, like, it's it's a 90s punk. It's really oh, that, nice. that, that feminine 90s punk feel. Like, I don't know if you're familiar, like Moon Pearls and Caterpillars, that vibe. I mean, we're talking back good 20-something years ago. Right. And not only that, opening for Sorry. her and also headlining the night before is Callie Theronay, who was on American Idol so season 11. So for Callie. She has this dark Lana Del Rey kind of vibe, which is really perfect. <sighs> yes, it's perfect for our show. So $15 gets you a concert. It gets you face-off people. It gets you ghost hunters. It gets you DIY stage. Escape rooms. Escape rooms. Virtual reality. Some pretty cool stuff, guys. Yeah. So my one warning to all of our podcast listeners right now is before you go to their Facebook and enter that world, get extra pants. <laughs> because you will boo your pants. And when that happens, don't you come crying to me. I warned you. Go. <laughs> all right. Uh, with us today, we have Carrie Jackson from the Radio From Hell and Geek Show podcast. What? Oh, Hi. How are you today, Carrie? Well, I'm fine. Welcome to Dink Studios. That's what you're calling the place. That's the Dink name. Studios. Double income, no kids. Oh, that's <laughs> love it. It's a very descriptive name. It is a fantastic studio, actually. It's uh, beautiful in here. It's, it's delightful. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's extraordinarily casual because uh, I find to facilitate conversation, you want to be in a relaxed atmosphere. And if it was, if it was a proper you know, professional studio, people would be on edge. And so I, that's, that's what I've done. And that's why on Tuesdays, we don't even wear clothes. Exactly. We just show up in our undies, and it's <laughs> pretty, very, very laid back. I just think that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, for the world. Can I take your lead and call my house Sync? Sync. Single income, no kids? Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> Dual income for pugs. Dual income for pugs. Okay. Doof poor you. <laughs> Doof poo. Doof poo. There's nothing good there's, that can come of that. There's a lot of poop that comes of that. I'll there's tell a you whole that. lot of poop at Josh's house. 
Mm-hmm. All right. So where do we begin? <laughs> this is your show. I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just a guest. I'm I think we guest. need to begin by stating the reason we are so interested in coming and having a conversation with you is because we are all about a progressive Utah that most people don't know anything about. And we, we've just started talking about this, but you've been living it for many years and advocating it on your, your various shows and programs and all those things. So you've walked the walk. You've gone 20 miles down that road, and we're, we're frantically running to catch up with you, and I'm lagging behind because I've got poor cardio. But that's not the point. <laughs> we're here to talk to you about the new Utah. So the let's, new Utah. Let's start there because you have been in Utah for a very long time. All my life. Uh, you grew up here. Born and raised, actually. Small you, town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what got you out of that town? Because it was small? <laughs> uh, it was, it was uh, honestly, it was uh, entertainment got me out. Uh, while everyone else around me was, you know, playing sports and going hunting and uh, all that stuff, I was glued to the TV. I was listening to the radio. I was uh, reading comic books and I was listening to comedy albums. You know, Bill Cosby, George Carlin, things like that. And I was like, I I don't, I, and I would go out, I, I've had three, four jobs in my life. And the first one, if you count it, working on my father's farm, uh, that was hard work. And and I realized that I didn't want to do hard work for a living. <laughs> so, uh, but that was it. It was uh, it was uh, high school, and I started taking writing classes and acting classes, the best that Spanish Fork High School could offer, you know. <laughs> this is how I shot the deer oh, yeah. by John F. Bill. No, this is, the, they used to let you go for the deer hunt. They used to let you go for, uh, they give you like two or three days off. Oh, yeah. And it was counted. You were fined. That was oh fall break. Yeah. Right? That's when fall yeah. break coincided. And, and, and it was like, yeah, it's, it's deer hunt. You've got these days off. And I'm like, but I, okay. Did they call it <laughs> death days or death like... Days. Culling the natural wonders of the world days. No, they called it the deer hunt. Ugh, that was it. After Patui. Josh's yeah. rant last week about hunting. I know. Yeah. I'm an well, outsider. I, I've experienced similar anyway. things because I grew up in a small town too. It was the same thing. There was the beginning of the hunting season. Everyone took off because otherwise, yeah. more than half the school was gone anyway. Oh, next week, my nephews and my brother are headed to the hills because they were lucky enough to get. He explained it. And now I'm going to screw it up because I didn't quite grasp it. Uh, some sort of special uh, hunting license that is like by lottery, and <laughs> probably and the elk hunt. Is it the elk hunt? Yeah, probably. it was. Uh, he got his elk. Uh, it was my nephew uh, Jake, I believe, got it, and so they were all going to go. And but he's the only one I think that has the license. If I heard him correctly, that's yeah. the way it went. And technically, the only one that should be able to kill the elk. But exactly, that's true. but, but that's they're all they're happen. all going cap. They could all shoot it. No one would know. <laughs> it's true. So I, don't, how- I don't see CSI out there, you know, forensicing the, the poor deer. There are Dexter. three bullet holes in this deer. What's gone wrong? So, Carrie, I know you were adopted. Were, were your brothers and sisters also adopted as well? Uh, yes, in a way. My older brother uh, was the results of, uh, you know, my mom, my adopted mother, my mom, is what I call you know, I know we have to differentiate, uh, gave birth to Kevin, and then uh, her husband died. Uh, shortly after, and so he never really knew his his natural father, and then my dad came along, uh, and he he was unable to 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 produce whatever needed to be produced to to make it happen, and uh, so they adopted myself and my sister. Now I was adopted out of Ogden; she was adopted out of San Bernardino. Wow. I don't think that she's 
gone to the length to find her adoptive parents or her biological parents, excuse me. Uh, I did. I hired a detective because my cancer doctor kept saying, I sure could use a, a, a health history. It would really help me. And so I went, okay, fine. So my friend Mad Max knew a detective and, and uh, we, we found him pretty quickly and they both lived here, which was weird. Huh. And uh, I met them and I have two biological sisters. Um, from because they they gave me up for adoption. She was fifteen when she gave birth, and so they gave me up for adoption. But then they got married some years later. They stayed together, and uh, so I have two biological sisters. Uh, the youngest one, really attractive blonde. <laughs> the older one, poor thing, looks like <laughs> looks like me in drag. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> I know you're a handsome devil. Well, I used to be. Wow. I, I used to be. It's my yeah. it's my job on the podcast to apparently hit to hit on, on everyone. Hit on everyone everyone Good. apparently you're doing so. well. You're doing thank well. You. All right. Thank you for that. So what about the the rest of your family? You you talk a lot about them being crazy. Oh, that's the biological side. Okay, so they're they're you're... they're all crazy. Every one of them. <laughs> and uh, it just uh, I I think to myself, boy, if they had kept me, I'd probably be a point in the mountain right now because oh, wow. the the drama and the crazy runs deep. Uh, it really does, and they get mad at me for saying this, but it's, you know, I've said it to their faces. So I, you know, so just so much drama. Are you in contact with them now? I mean, I'm in contact with the sisters. Um, the biological parents didn't take it well when I said I already have parents. I'm not looking to reconnect or make any sort of emotional circle or whatever. Uh, my birth mother really took it hard. I shouldn't have been so blunt. I should have been a little bit more gentle about it, but uh, she had to know because she did, was. Did you start it yeah. with "It's not you"? <laughs> I should have. I should have. That's that should have. Been I will right. be your life coach the next time you want to break up kindly with someone. That's what I should. I call you. Okay. All right. Start out I'm with "It's not you. you," but it kind of is, but not really. But it was your fault. Exactly. Uh, did they? Did Did your birth parents know who you were prior to you finding them? Did they? Uh, no, I don't think they listened. Uh, I know the sisters did because there's a story there. Way and the story is, um, <laughs> in between KJQ and X96, I did mornings as ZHT, which I'm proud of because I did it by myself. I wrote sketches. I produced sketches, ran the board, did the whole show, and um, uh, the ratings went up. And we were the first station to play uh, anything from Dr. Dre's The Chronic in this, in this market. Oh, so nice, <laughs> so I, was, nice. I was happy to be a part of that. Uh, but... Uh, uh, on weekends, one of the jobs that I got with the station was there was a club downtown, notorious club called the Vortex. The Vortex. And, the Vortex. Uh, yeah, exactly. And on Saturday nights, what they would do is they would patch in the, the board from the, from the uh, DJ booth into the radio station. So from 10 to midnight, which is FCC Safe Harbor, by the way, um, we, were, we, we had that patch. I'll explain that in a moment. We'll have that. That means that you could, between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., legally you can swear on the air. Anything goes? That's so still cool. They I have to. That's still the case? That is still the case. They have to do that because if they were to say you can't say certain words 24-7, that's, that's a violation, that's of, violation the of the First Amendment. Amendment. Yeah. So they have to give you that. So, and a lot of stations don't exploit that, and, and, and ZHT did when I was there. We didn't, we didn't purposely go out of the way, but we, we didn't have a delay, and we weren't worried about it. So. But uh, I would walk around the club as the music was playing, and I had a microphone, which tapped into the radio station. It was a portable microphone. And my job was to let the music play on the station and occasionally jump in 
and I and you know, hey, we're having a great time down here at the vortex, and and this is uh, this is Coco, and she's you know doing shots, and you know, and that that sort of stuff. <laughs> we can't find her top. Where but, is her top? <laughs> exactly. Well, was that that time was post breakup, like a big one, just it hit me hard, and so I was drowning my sorrows in pussy, and uh, <laughs> there was there was like so many do. There were two very attractive blondes there. And and I was I was hitting on them, see, and and uh, and one of them, the one I was hitting on, didn't work, but her friend it did. Uh, so I I took her friend home. Flash forward years down the road, and I I meet my birth mother and my two birth sisters for the first time, and as we're leaving, uh, the older sister and mom went somewhere I can't remember, and it was just me and her in the parking lot talking, and she says, "You don't remember me, do you?" <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh, yeah! At the board, and she explained because for a moment I was like, "Oh God, was that you?" Because you were great uh, for my sister. Uh, <laughs> I said, "No, you took my friend Jenny home, but you didn't." You know, I, there was just something about it that I felt uncomfortable. And well, because you look like her sister, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so in except not in drag. But yes. but not in drag. Uh, yeah, so that was that was weird. So she was aware of me. I don't I don't know if the others were. But well, that's, uh, uh, anyway, that's pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> we are, we are opening stuff. the book that of Carrie. That and may just have been the first right in the middle. I want you to know that may have been the first time that I've told that story on the record. Woo-hoo. I think that may be the first time I've told the story on the Breaking record. Breaking news. Maybe wow. I could be wrong. Our seven listeners are going to be so excited. Well, you've done a, a ton of interviews, and we we kind of wanted to stay away from a lot of the stuff that that has been talked about. All right, because you know you can hear it anywhere. You know, I I've. Listen to several in-depth interviews. I know Jess has as well. So we, we wanted to kind of touch on some topics and, and okay. talk about some things that were a little bit different. We wanted to connect with you as a person. Well, it's your Carrie show. Jackson. Well, it's your show. Let's do it. <laughs> and maybe drink and well, have a cigar. Yeah, what are you having that? This is a nice Curasatis uh, that is actually from Scotland. They don't actually... Um, import it? Yeah, they don't import it here, at least. And so... Jess was kind enough to share, and the flask actually came from Jeremy. Very cool flask, yeah, KGB flask. Now, is this is this from Russia? You've been to Russia? I have not been to Russia. I've been to Russia, and and this is this is similar. I've I have some pins like this. It's supposedly are, surplus. Yeah, it's, uh, it's supposed to be the real deal, or I got had. Oh, I've got I've got several pins that look like that that have like Stalin on them and things like that. Please mm-hmm. please have some. Oh, please, I would I would be honored. If you'd partake, Jess is uh, Jess is an acquirer of great scotches. Don't so. worry, the. Uh, the alcohol will kill the germs. I'm not worried. That's how flasks. As far work, as I'm, right? co- I mean, I'm hearing your history. I'm like, wow, that's me. Ooh, that's smooth. Very, very smooth. That's very single malt scotch. Mm. Welcome to as much as you mm. like. Thank you. So, I would like to talk a little bit about your job, though. Mm. Um, yes. So, a lot of people talk about you as being an influential character in their lives. Is that uh, flattering? Is that sort of a, an eye-rolling thing for you? I mean, what do you think about that? I, I never thought of myself that way. But as I get older and I've been doing this for so long, I'm, I'm beginning to hear more and more stories, uh, people who have come up to me and said, this meant a lot when you said or when you did you know, this. Uh, it started with the cancer um, I talked to a lot of guys who who said that, uh, you know, after hearing your story, I I went and got checked, and sure enough, you know, so that's that's good. Um, But uh, no, I was uncomfortable with it for a very long time. And then uh, uh, on Geek Show of the past few years, 
it's become kind of this thing, and it's uh, I I tout the influence of Lee and Jay, um, to make it motivational, and they created this thing, Geek Show Fit, which mm-hmm. which was originally just going to be fitness, and it's it's now become like this emotional support group as well, uh, you know, kind of a rah rah show, you know, for people who are unsure of whether to you know pursue their hopes or dreams or whatever, or do the right thing even. Uh, so I'm I'm more comfortable with it, and and if 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 I can help anybody in any way, hey, that's terrific. If I can, mostly I feel like I hurt. But <laughs> <laughs> but, well, your uh, stories about anxiety and stuff I know have kind of helped me with is that right? stuff. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah it's 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 uh, there's a lot of shit out there that that uh, I think a lot of mostly guys, but also just a lot of people um, are uncomfortable talking about stuff. That because you know we're we're supposed to be the tough guys. We're supposed right, to. Right. We're not supposed to. You know, have anxiety pushing a shopping cart in a grocery store. That that one just I thought was totally crazy. And and then I talked to my therapist about it, and he's like, "Oh no, you'd be surprised. That's it's it. You know, it's it's not the cart. It's not that. It's something else. But it manifests itself because of the cart and the store. And you know, it's a whole thing. Anyway." <laughs> get, ther- get therapy is what I'm saying. From my perspective, yeah. when I hear someone that is living a lifestyle that I, I admire and is representing a lifestyle that I admire, and they're talking about things that I feel, it makes it, it validates uh, parts of my existence. Like, oh, this is more normal than I think. I don't have to hide it or I don't have to be ashamed of it. So in honor of that, I start every podcast with a cry. <laughs> really? Yeah. Every, we fact, usually close ours. That's that's innovative to do it at the beginning. Well, you know, I'm a I'm a progressive person. That's, yeah, that's a chance. I, I'm not sure I'm willing to take that chance. And we have a hug off at the end. Okay. Like having dessert first. And sometimes we touch each other's weenies, but not not often. No, I mean, Chris is still kind of opening up. I end. wait. I wait for the mics to be off. For oh, good. Idea. That's probably a better idea. Josh just goes upstairs and passes out on the couch. <laughs> the <podcast>. He's <laughs> got to sneeze though. He's kind of like the Jay of our show. Oh, I see. Sense. Okay. <laughs> So I, I have a question. You don't have. You probably won't answer it. Maybe you'll tell me we'll out see. there. I've always been curious with with Geek Show in particular. Yes, we talk about fans that that follow you guys and like you guys. Who is Skin Suit? I don't know his name. I honestly, I, he has a name. Jeff found his name, and I have. I am so bad at names that I've forgotten his name. But he is a guy who lives here in town who follows us everywhere and talks to himself and is creepy and has a criminal past. And still does. And still does. And he really disturbs us. And so he is, and not just us, he started uh, following some of the other podcasts. I know the girls from Hello Sweetie are kind of having trouble with him too. But I don't know his name, but I could spot him a mile. He kind of scares me. That's uh, that's I mean, it, it would be fine if he were, if he just... I mean, he's got this kind of weird vibe about him, and he tends to just you you you, you know you turn around and whoa, there he is. He's quiet, but then he'll you know occasionally talk to himself, and, and occasionally you'll be saying something into a microphone, and he's there next to you, and he's talking, and it, you know it's just <laughs> this weird it, it's just this weird guy. Uh, but uh, yeah, he he does exist. He is real, and ah. and we call him Skin Suit because uh, Shannon is convinced that one of these days he's going to kill us all and make a suit out of all of our skins. Yeah, all our silence of the lambs. Which which part of your body do you hope <laughs> that he uses from you? I mean, you know, if he's wearing you, like... I would just advise him not to use any of the torso. Okay, because you know, I got the big scar. Yeah. 
and and I'd rather him use someone else. I think he should use Jay's wiener, not mine. Okay. I mean, so, if, you're, if you're picking. Weirdo, yeah, if you're listening, yeah. take notes, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I've, I've been asked many times to do something about him, but my response has always been, I hate to say it, but this is the way it is with stalkers in the business. And that is until he does something, you you really can't do. Anything. You can't do anything, and all he's doing is what you told him to do: show up at an event. You know, exactly. exactly. So there's nothing you can do about that. Do you have any good stalker stories? Good ones. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously that's a creepy one. So. I mean, I mean, I mean, just you guys. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've seen me. Yes. You've seen. <laughs> My neighbor's been meaning to talk to you. Is that, oh, yeah. is that why you don't grow tomatoes out in the backyard? Because he's around. Is that- <laughs> I, wish that w- I wish I had a better answer than that's the only place I get full sun. I wish I had a better answer. Would you grow growing up as a on a farm? Would you grow more things if you had you know? If I had a place that had more open sunlight, I might uh, because we we did it all on the farm. I mean, the, the carrots were my job. Uh, for some reason, I. I Probably because I love them more than just about anything. The carrots were my job. You you plant the carrots, you keep them thinned, and and if you keep them thinned, then they can grow bigger. And that was that was my job. Uh, and then you know you'd sell tomatoes in the fall and and all that, and you had to go out and the, the cucumbers and the pumpkins and the whole thing. Dad had rhubarb as well. That was weird. Thank mm. you. I never rhubarb. never liked rhubarb. We used to get our asparagus from the side of the road. Oh yeah, wild asparagus. Yeah, down in in the swampy areas of Salem, you'd go you'd go driving, and mom would occasionally stop, and there'd be some asparagus just growing on the side of the road, and you'd get it up. You know. Living so many cool video games, <laughs> like <laughs> Hello Fallout Four. I'm just gonna fo- hold on. I have to stop him for just what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Excuse me. There we go. Jeremy's an urban farmer. Yes. So, so do you have chickens? Yes, chickens, bees, but no rhubarb. No rhubarb. He has corn. Corn. Now, the chickens. Yes. Are they a problem? Only for Ebo. Well, my shitty little wiener dog likes to eat them. Yeah. But aside from that, no. But I mean, they're not noisy or anything? Because I've been talking at all of these yuppies out of raising chickens because they come to me because they go, you're farm boy. And I'm like, no, chickens are awful. <laughs> they're the worst things in the world. Our yard's big enough. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I've, so you let them run. And okay. I've got a farm behind me. Oh, well, there you go. So You're fine. No, it's, it's, it's different... If you're surrounded well, you're, by houses, yeah. it's different. I've I've got yeah. one neighbor next to me, and then that's it. Because we're we're at the we're in a end of the cul-de-sac, yeah. and then there's nothing but farm behind us for now. Till they, I can't tell you how many times these yuppies who have moved into this neighborhood, they knock on my door with their NPR shirts on, and you know, <laughs> clearly you've donated. Thank you. Um, you know, whatever. On it's like oh, you're a farm boy. I was curious. I'm like, no, no to the chickens. They're terrible. <laughs> they are the worst creatures. Do they use the NPR voice when they're asking you this? Because that would be dead sexy about chickens. They keep your yard rodent free, though, right? Oh yeah, they love mice. They love mice. Mice. mice, bugs, snakes oh, yeah. are the only thing our chickens won't eat. But baby snakes, else. they'll eat baby snakes. Yeah, they might eat a small, the small ones. Yeah. They'll they'll destroy a snake, but they won't eat it. Yeah, as long as it's dead. That's right. That's, That's all I care crazy. about. There's like a snake. There's like a chicken fight club in his backyard, but nobody talks oh. about chicken fight club. Uh, I'll talk about chicken fight club. <laughs> <laughs> My brother, he, uh, <laughs> I made the mistake of bringing it up uh, this past week, and he he never told his wife that he used to. That they would have cockfights in the in the <laughs> in the hen house with him and his friends, and and she's like, "Well, this is the first I'm hearing of this." Oh, no. I'm like, "Oops!" Oh, I thought you know you've been married. Is, that is long. she vegan and kind no, of- no? She just uh, I 
she was just upset that there was a part of his life that he, she didn't know or mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, it is disturbing to hear that your your husband used to, you know, you organize in, cockfights with the neighbors. And, do you, you get know. in trouble for that sort of stuff a lot when you mention things like that? Mm, and, and on the air? Occasionally. <laughs> not not often though because it's it's like I tell everyone they they say are you uncomfortable with people knowing so much about you I said remember you only know about me what I want you to or allow you to know about me there are a lot of things that I'm not going to bring into the studio near any mic so it's a it's a good rule of thumb yeah there, I think. always always be aware even if the mic is off it could be going off if you're near an open microphone and these days shit you got oh, your your phones fun, yeah. you know. That's practically an open mic. So, although with the change to the uh, dropping of the uh, audio ports, can be harder to plug those into mixers. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm not going to upgrade to those. I'm yeah. just going to stay with this one. Are you talking about the iPhone Seven? Yeah. yeah. I love the iPhone Seven memes that are coming out. Like, this is actually worse than it used to be. <laughs> We're going to make a million on it. It's so funny. I saw that post with the, with, uh, the Millennium Falcon and it said something like, "The Millennium Falcon could travel faster than the speed of light," and he had a phone jack. He's got <laughs> his- <laughs> he, did. he did. That's right. Yeah. That's really funny. What, uh, Carrie? We're in a room full of toys talking yes. about the Millennium Falcon because it's right in front of me. Yeah. There's three of them in here. Yeah. Uh, what do you do to keep control of that? I don't have kids. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> what you, I mean, I know it's what, a dink here, but because this is a lot smaller than it used to be. Oh, yeah. We talked about getting rid of a lot of them. Yeah. But, but how do you control what you buy now? Uh, that's, a, that's a learned process. That is something that you have to make a decision one day when you realize it's getting out of control. Again, therapy, I advocate. Uh, you've just got to decide. There, there's a lot of shit that I pass up in the stores that I just don't buy anymore. I'm like, ah, oh, I'd love to have that, but really? So like right now, I think I may have left it upstairs. Right now there is uh, a pre-order for something that I said 20 years ago, if that ever gets avail- ever gets made, I'm getting it. And, and I think it's Sideshow Collectibles is doing a life-size R2-D2. Oh, wow. On three legs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the three-leg pose. Remote controlled? Uh, not remote controlled. That's the thing is it doesn't do anything. Uh-huh. It, it's highly detailed. It looks like it's a movie prop, but it does not move. It does make noise when you press buttons, and it does light up. The head does not turn on its own. You can turn it. Can you put drinks and glasses no. in the... the <laughs> no. That's what? just it. No, okay, and, and, here's the, and here's the thing. $7,500. Whoa. Oh, you can build a working one for that. I, I would think you could. I would think that guy at Comic Con. Yeah, I think. But but he's he's playing that same rule. The Tom Servo over here. He's playing the same rule. No, you got to build it yourself. I'm not going to build one and sell it to you because I've already asked him. Well, that's all the that's all those guys. There's a whole club of guys that do nothing but build those. And they're all saying the same thing to me. No, you have to build it yourself. It's it's the integrity. I'm like, would you just shut up and take my money? The integrity. The integrity. Integrity. Do it. Do it on the sly. Your friends don't need to know. And how much do you charge for the little people that hang out inside there and? <laughs> it, 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 I, I, I rent them. I <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So it, anyway, but that's but no. You have to decide. You you have to reach a point in your life where you go. Yeah, I'd really like that, but and uh, every time I go to every Wednesday when I'm at Doctor Volts, there's something. You know, and Dave's there with it. You know, he's the drug pusher. He's you know. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, did, you know, I, he's Funko Pops, and uh, they're you know. Oh God. <laughs> so for me, collected? my determining factor. Oh, I'm sorry, Jess. I'm good. I'll ask after. My my des- deciding factor is I have no more room to put anything. That that also helps. If you if you just eliminate all your shelf space, then then there's no room. 
the the latest indulgence that I'm having is these uh, reaction figures. Here, let me show you. All the reactions are great. The reaction figures are just awesome. You can't see it, podcast listeners, but he's walking over to a treasure trove of really cool stuff. Because in the 70s, when I was a kid, you never would have gotten a line of Jaws action figures. I mean, the alien action figures were, were molds were made and prototypes were put out. And the, the first one that they released was an 18-inch tall of the alien itself, right? Yeah. And it was released. Parents' groups went apeshit because this R-rated film, that was their thing, this R-rated film and you're selling toys to children. So it, it got pulled pretty quickly. My friend Bart got one. It was really cool. But you'd never get alien action figures. And then Reaction bought these molds, the alien action figures of, of Ripley and of yeah. Ash. And, and, and we finally got alien action figures. So I pick up, and they're the bad 1970s style. But Reaction has been putting out action figures of, of properties that you wouldn't get. With like the four points of articulation. With the bad four, four and five points of articulation. And so there's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, that's you know, what makes it cool, though, having the bad paint job like when we were kids. Yeah, I mean, look at that. It's, it's not a great action figure by today's standards. And even the packaging is retro. Oh, yeah, it's, it's very simple, you know. You rang. Just the action figure <laughs> stuck in a bubble. I mean, you'd never get Janet Weiss in her underwear in an action figure when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> yeah. Don't you hurt her, Frankenfurter. <laughs> <laughs> so th- that's been my latest indulgence, and they don't take up too much room. So I've been, and they're all in the TV room. Those there. are cool. What's, I love Rocky Horror. What's the one thing that if you if you saw it available, you could not pass up, no matter the price? <sighs> and I, I say that you know, no matter the price, doesn't ever really exist. But well, like I said, if that if that R two D two was did what what that R two D two does. Where'd he go? He's over there. He's over there against the wall. Now that R two D two is the, is the tiger uh, toy one, and it it has sensors in it, and it you can let it loose in a room, and it will walk around and and not bump into walls because of the sensors. It will if you give it directions, it will say things. You can say to you, the, the it's like it's like the Alexa, you know that the Amazon yeah. has. You have to say hey R two, and that makes the sensors wake up. And then you can say things like, uh, do you remember Darth Vader? And he'll back up a little and shake his head and scream. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably wasn't $7,500. He was not. He was like, it was like 150 as well. <laughs> so like but he, but he's, and goes. he has a thing that'll hold a, a, a can of beer. Oh. And you can tell him to dance, and he'll dance to the Cantina song. You know, you need the barge tray where he's carrying the tray on the barge. Exactly. Now, if, if, if that replica... Did what that toy does, I'm in. That's I'm in. You know, it sounds like Teddy Ruxpin meets <laughs> like Ruxpin. I don't know, like one of those floor dudes that always people always put cats on that goes and sweeps Roombas? around. Roombas, Roomba, Zumba, Roomba. Roomba. But uh, but as it is, all the stuff that I've ever wanted, I'm I'm getting. You know, uh, when I was little, I wanted Captain Kirk's communicator. Well, it wasn't available then. All they sold you was ugh, I still hate him to this day. It was essentially walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were blue. Captain Kirk, no. It, <laughs> they did have the kind of flip-up thing, but it was essentially just a walkie-talkie, and the flip-up thing was for show. So they were selling you walkie-talkies. Then people like me got older and started working at the toy places and said, no, they, 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 you, you want it to look like the communicator. So now I've got you know Captain Kirk's communicator over there. It's just a toy, but it makes noise. I can talk into it, and it repeats. And When you flip it open, does it go, click, click, click? Yeah. Oh, so where, finally you get that. You know? sh- show me, show me that, please. <laughs> show me, show me. 
<laughs> T- tell me about the communicator, George. And, and while he's doing that, Jess, what was your question? I'm sorry, I totally cut you off. It passed. It's okay. No, you were asking about my wife, something about my home. Oh, I just wanted to know if she has a collection of anything. Purses. Shoes? <laughs> Expensive purses and shoes. <laughs> yeah, if you were to spend $7,500 on a real-life working R2-D2, I can't imagine the stuff that she would be able to get. Uh, batteries are mostly dead on these. Those are this awesome. one is one where you can talk into it and it repeats what you say. And then this one. Oh. Enough, it does the, it does the Great noise. Great design. And, they look really good. See? That's what I wanted. I didn't want a walkie-talkie when I was a kid. I wanted something that I could you know, clip on my belt and, and run around and play you know, Star Trek with Spencer Peck. You know? And it's not blue. Yeah. And and while uh, I'm sort of geeky, I I kind of uh, wish I were your wife because I love purses and shoes. <laughs> and I wish I had a bigger collection of purses Bree, and shoes. Your husband is right there. <laughs> now is the weirdest time ever to confess so, your love. So you for remember I, you remember two incomes or dual income, no kids. Yes. we have dual income, two kids. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I drop you too, dude. And they're and they're they're in those teenage years. And that's when they really get expensive. In well, college. there's a college and, a, <laughs> yeah. and one. They've always gone to private school, so, yeah, I'm, so. I'm used to five hundred dollars of my income every single month just walking out the door for, for stuff. school. Yeah. Now Sue's fascination with with shoes and purses is is legendary, and, I, and we I'm have jealous. an we have an agreement, and that is uh, if I go shopping with her before we head to the checkout area, I disappear. I can't, I can't know. Because <laughs> if I knew, she had to talk me into a jacket once. Because it looked really good on me. And I'm like, no, no. this is the, I don't know the price, but I know the store that we're in. It's going to be tremendously expensive. She goes, but you look so good in it. it it's, it's wonderful. It was goat skin and gray. It was nice. Soft. It just felt great. And I'm like, I, I'm not even going to ask because there's no price tag on it. It's one of those stores where there's no price tag. If you have to ask, you can't afford it, you know. And she's like, but you look great in it. Come on, let's go. I'm like, I'm going to leave that entirely up to you. And I left the store. <laughs> and you, had got, you got the jacket. She bought the jacket. Of course she did. She it's never awesome. has told me how much. I like that system. She, she's alluded mm-hmm. to it. She said, oh, your house payment jacket. Go ahead and... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Go, go put your house payment jacket on. Anyway. Where was that? What was the question? I forgot. <laughs> Where were we? Well, we were talking about I, your toy collection. I, yeah, I get rambling. And, yeah, we went to a happy place. That's a that's a good place to ramble to. Yeah. What What's your favorite piece in your entire collection? Mm. The legendary blue snaggletooth. I'll show you after we get done because it's kind of put it's in, away. It's actually in glass, huh? Yeah. It's 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 in the case in in the glass case there. The legendary blue snaggletooth because this this action figure was not released in the regular run. Uh, it was. Let's see, there's a mock-up of it over there. There's a large version of it you can see next to Boba Fett up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what he looks like, but just, you know, the regular, the old 70s action figures, you know, four pints of articulation and four paint job. It was only released in the Cantina playset, and I use the word playset loosely because it was essentially a stand and cardboard. That's all they were. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was a, there was a, there was a Jawa Landcrawler playset that was just that. You know, it was a stand and cardboard, essentially. But the Cantina playset came with four action figures, and I already had the other three. It was Hammerhead and Greedo and, and Walrus Man and the Blue Snaggletooth, the elusive Blue Snaggletooth. I wanted the Blue Snaggletooth. So one day, Mom was at Sears, and she was looking at a washer or something like that. I went to the toys, 
and uh, they were they were selling the action figures there. They were like two dollars or something. And uh, so I I went to the Cantina play set and very carefully removed the blue snaggle tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, I can't steal it. I should buy it. So I went over to a Darth Vader action figure because it was big enough. Pulled the Darth Vader out and stuck it in the Cantina <laughs> play set. I then put the Dar- the blue snaggle tooth in the Darth Vader package and prayed that. I got an old lady who wasn't paying attention, who would just go, 249, there you go. And she did. Oh, this Darth Vader is such a nice man. He's blue. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, if, if she would have said, oh, well, that's not, the, that's not your, that's, that's odd, I'll say, well, that's okay. I, I don't mind. It's, it's, it's weird because it's different. I'd like that. So I, I was able to do that. So I stole it, but I didn't steal it. It's a, it's a thing. But that's a, that's that's a favorite, and and the Jawas, the the Jawa action figures are uh, special to me because I had, you know, the, it was an original run of twelve, and those action figures, and they're all up there, and the Jawa for some reason was so elusive, just couldn't get it, and my mom would take me to Provo three times a week, and we'd go, uh, Sears Grand Central, Pennies, and uh, Skaggs, and we'd hit all four of those three times in a week, and uh, so we finally finally got the Jawa. And then suddenly, the pegs were laden with them. They were everywhere. <laughs> anyway. I guess that's what happens when people ask but, for a uh, specific one. But I'm going on about Star Wars, but really Star Trek is my personal jam. And that's, you know, that's the moral compass, the philosophy. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. because I've, I've heard it said, you can love Star Trek and you can love Star Wars, but you have to have a favorite. And I've never met anyone that has said to me, and I'm sure they're out there, but I've mm-hmm. never met anyone that can say, I love them both equally. I, I, I love Star Trek a little bit more, just a little bit more uh, than I love Star Wars. Is that because it was first? I think it's because of what I grew up with. And, it, uh, and let's not forget that we would not have Star Trek if not for Star Wars, but that's another story. Um, because it would have went away. Uh, it's because I grew up with it. Because it was there for me. Every day when I got home, you'd flip on the TV and there was the rerun. It was an hour and a half of bliss. It was, it was Batman, you know, Adam West, mm-hmm. and Star Trek reruns. You know, they were there for me when I got home from school after enduring another beating from, you know, <laughs> those assholes who are dead now, you know. <laughs> well, as, as kids, we Hunting didn't have, accidents. Yeah. We didn't have DVD players and we no. didn't have Star Wars exactly. on. And we didn't have Anything. internet. No. That was, so you got to see it in the theater once and, and maybe nothing and for that was like it. a couple of years. That was it. Yeah. No, I remember the first chance we had a chance to see it in our homes. We, we'd go to the, the video store. And rent the The brick. laser disc. The <laughs> oh, laser the disc was first. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you'd bring home the laser disc player because you rented it yeah, for the Yeah, you rented nines. the whole thing. Yes. And then your dad monkeyed around with trying to hook the damn thing up for a half oh, an he hour. He wasn't interested. He didn't care. <laughs> so I'm back there going, I don't, I, you know, okay, there it is. <laughs> So it was a chore to see Star yeah. Wars when oh, we yeah. were kids. Which made you appreciate it even more. Oh, it's yeah. so accessible nowadays that you just you just know I can get my hands on it the second it came out from a mm-hmm. wobble cam someone took in the, the thing. I think that's what part of it is we just don't value it as much anymore. No, it's take it's it all for taken granted. for I, I take it for granted, but I, I and then I tell these stories sound like an old man and, and try to impart to people don't take it for granted. Um but no, and just kids off your lawn, and and that too. But it was it was Star Trek really that raised me because I, I you know I was in this surrounding that I didn't feel comfortable in. I mean I lo- no I loved my home life and everything, and mom was great and uh, dad was supportive, but I wasn't I didn't feel like I was like the rest of the kids. 
You know, I their motivations were different than mine. And and so you would occasionally what's the Devo song where you if you live in a small place, many factions underground, you find a group of alien types who agree with you, you know, and that's mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I found just a small group of guys who were the same. They felt the same way and, and, and hung out with them and it was safe with them. I found Josh. <laughs> what? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, geekdom is mainstream now. I mean, yeah, yeah it wasn't. My, then. Yeah, my no. podcast is called Geek Show, but today you could wear your Star Trek uniform to school and not get beat up. Yeah, because the jock is also wearing you know a Star Wars shirt or a Flash shirt or something. You know, uh, it's it's mainstream. It's accepted. Back then, it was not. Uh, you know, you got beat up for those beliefs. Oh yeah, and so you know, e- I, even through the nineties, it, it's not been until the last. Five to ten years that it's yeah, been probably ten years that it's been mainstream, and probably you can thank Marvel for that more than anything. I Marvel, think. Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, and just people who grew up secretly liking it, deciding you know, fuck it, I'm out. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a grown adult. I'm not going to get beat up I'm, because yeah, I like Star Trek. I'm coming out of my geek closet, and I'm going to raise my kids with this shit. And yeah. they do now, and and it's become a family, a wonderful family thing. Marvel, you, you're right. Marvel probably. Had a lot to do with it. Harry Potter was a big Harry Potter on kids yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, Mike Ness a... said the same exact thing about punk rock on yes on his live at the Roxy CD. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. It's like he's you know you used to walk down the street and your Doc Markins you were going to get your ass kicked yeah. by the local oh. high school football team no, no. jocks or cops. And then you can go into a mall and get your little yeah. pussy pierced. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it's true. Growing up at Spanish Fork High School, the thing that, that people did was they would go see a concert and then they'd buy a shirt and wear it the next day to let you know. Uh, I saw Rush. I saw Cheap Trick or whatever it was. I saw Journey, you know. And my friends and I would come up to the Indian Center up here in Salt Lake, you know, from farmland. We'd get in Braddon's pickup and drive up here. <laughs> And we'd go and see bands like uh, The Vapors or Adam and the Ants. Mm-hmm. And we would do that. We would buy the shirt and wear it the next day. Mm-hmm. And oh, the shit that we caught. We'd get called into the principal's office. I'm concerned about your punk rock. Uh, I'm concerned. You know, it's Adam and the Ants, first of all. It's not Goody two-shoes? Who, whoever died from a goody two-shoes exactly. list? <laughs> all he knows is what he saw in 60 Minutes. Uh, a mm-hmm. story about the Sex Pistols and how they were spitting on their fans, you know, and, and how violent it was. That's mm-hmm. all he knew. So, you know, it was it was a danger suddenly, you know, you you, you damn punks, you know, and, and <laughs> so, with the cure shirts. But, yeah, that exactly. <laughs> it, it's just harmless shit, you know. Black flag maybe, you know. Which but Bree's laughing because we all went we've known each other since well Bree. Well and Josh I have, forgot that he knew me, but yes, we have known each other for again, years and years. Again with the Josh forgot he knew me. We've been friends since Bree and I have known each other's each other since like sixth grade. Whenever you moved grade. into the neighborhood. And then Josh and Bree and I were friends all through high school, but but we had our Kira t-shirts and, mm-hmm. our, and our role-playing and games. And I was the kid that, in my locker, I had all of my Rifts books. And so I gamed with a, a group of friends, and I'd be like, dudes, and I'd like pull out of my locker, so tonight, in Rifts, and I'd like flip through it, and everyone was like, shh, shh people are going <laughs> to see, and I'm like, why are we going to underground with this shit? Oh, it, it but... You got to remember, this is like uh, the the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons was connected oh, with was demonic worship. Yeah. You know, it was it was you. You know, you're 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 summoning Satan in in your basement. And we tried so many times. Never it never worked. <laughs> never worked. We sat in the back of science class with our riffs books. Books. 
you young listeners, books <laughs> with paper, and you'd have to write all your stuff down and yeah. keep track of everything. And yeah. I don't remember much about science, but I still have those characters. So I'm just saying, you, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, fist bump. You develop the one. characters, you keep the characters, by God. That'll do it for this week's episode of the New Utah Podcast. We will continue Carrie Jackson's interview at the end of next week's podcast, uh, where we talk some more with the uh, Halloween Expo guys and uh, uh, bring some some great news and events to you. Um, As always, you can reach the New Utah Podcast on our Facebook page at the New Utah Podcast, our Twitter at TNU Podcast, uh, on our website, and please, if you uh, if you like the show, uh, don't be afraid to to go to Stitchers or or iTunes and and leave a review for us. Uh, those help quite a bit, uh, and we always appreciate the support, folks. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up and and tell us if you like some things, you don't like others. We're we're always looking to improve the show for for you, the listeners. Have a great day, and uh, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs>